the mystery on my show, the best show, Mr. T. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock i 
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, welcome to the Odds and Ends of 1983, Volume 4. We kicked off the show in epic fashion here today with a great live track from Roxy Music, a live version of a song called My Only Love, a song that was originally on the Flesh and Blood album. And that was taken from their live EP, which came out in 1983, called The High Road. It was recorded at the Apollo in Glasgow, Scotland. Cool little live EP right there. It doesn't get recognized a lot, but their live stuff is good. Good live act, as you could hear there from that great opening track on the show here today. And yes, we're at Odds and Ends Volume 4 for 83. If you're not sure what that means, then you're going to have to go back to Volume 1 of the Odds and Ends of 83, and I'll explain it all. Let's get back into the music right here. So this next artist is one of those instances in this particular year of 83 where they put out a studio album and a live album. Now, it appears to me, and I didn't read too much up on this, but if I had to guess, they put out this studio album without their famous lead singer, and it definitely tanked. So I'm talking about this band Rufus, which is Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. Great, great R&B act that you should definitely look into. People would really bag on Rufus like the last few years because they would see him nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which it's debatable whether or not they're like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame worthy, but they are a great R&B and funk act, and I've enjoyed their records quite a bit. But in 1983, Shaka Khan had gone solo and so they put out uh, an album called Seal and Red without her. And it, I listened to it. I wanted to enjoy it, maybe find some cool R&B gem in 1983. I did not find it with this record. So by the end of the year, it seems like the band had fallen apart pretty much. And it, without her, they weren't going to be much of anything. So they put out this live album, which I'm assuming is a contractual obligation. A song called Stompin' at the Savoy. And that's a good record. It's a really cool live album by Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. And I had a lot of fun with that one. They do a really cool version of Ain't That Peculiar by Marvin Gaye on there. But overall, just a fun listen. So on this live album, they do four new studio tracks, which is the fourth side of the album, much like Kiss Alive 2. And side four kicks off with this amazing all-time classic right here. I think... This is one of the great R&B songs of all time. I know you've heard it. Maybe you don't know it by name, but check this out. It's just greatness, and I had to include it here, do it in 1983 retrospective. It would be less than if I did not include this song, much like a lot of the chart songs you've heard on these particular volumes, but we got to do this one. I love it. So here is the last gasp of Rufus featuring Shaka Khan with this great song right here, Ain't Nobody.
classic right there from rufus and shaka khan ain't nobody one of the great r&b songs of all time for my money that's my opinion but there you go a brand new song off of a live album in 1983 with that one right there and we move from one empowering iconic female singer to yet another in Susie sue with Susie and the banshees they put out a double live album in 1983 called nocturne of course it's called nocturne but, yeah, I, there's a lot of their constituents, like I have talked about here in the early 80s, where I'm like, I think I might be a Best Of fan. I thought I was just a Best Of fan of Susie and the Banshees, but I think I like a good amount of their catalog. So I'm going to say that I'm a bigger, I'm somewhere in the middle between Best Of and all the albums. So we'll see how that goes as time goes on here on this timeline journey that I'm taking every year. But back to this double live album, Nocturne. Interesting note here. I didn't know this, and I didn't know anything about the history of this band too much. I know a little bit here and there. I know the cliff notes. But what I didn't know is that Robert Smith actually plays guitar on this particular live album because apparently he had played guitar for them live in the past early on, like back in the day when they were first forming each of their respected bands. But at this point in 82, 83... The guitar player that they had been using in Susie and the Banshees left the band, and so they had a couple of shows to do, and they asked Robert Smith to fill in, and he did. So that's him playing on this live album. So if you're a Cure completist, you do need this album by Susie and the Banshees, Nocturne. And it's a cool live performance. Another interesting note is on this album, they do two Beatles covers, because they, they do Dear Prudence, which they're known to do, and they do Helter Skelter in the encore. So that's kind of neat as well. And just, Susie's a dynamo performer, so 
I think the live albums do her justice, so I'd almost lean on those as far as getting some overall representation of Susie and the Banshees, besides just a good best of. So I recommend it. It's a cool release, and this was definitely my favorite original off of this live album. I thought it was just like, you, you hear it, and you hear that they're putting so much into this song. It's like, I'd love to see what's going on on stage. Never seen them live, but I can imagine it was definitely inspired performances. So here you go. Here's my favorite song upon my initial listen of this album, Nocturne. The song is called Night Shift.
Susie and the Banshees right there with a great performance of the song Night Shift. That song was originally on the album Juju, and a great live performance there on the Nocturne album. Hope you enjoyed that. And now it's time for something that actually got a little bit of attention lately because of the 40th anniversary of it, but also because of the fact that the main artist in question on this project went back and remastered it, remixed it, and put out a big set to represent it. And I think probably a lot of people learned about this this year. More so, It just wasn't anything that was hyped so much, even at the time of its release, because even at the time of its release, I didn't know anything about it, and I was really into one of the principal players here. So it just kind of was this thing that existed, and it... It didn't get promoted because I'm sure these other people were in bands and they didn't want to you know, rock the boat so much. So that's my theory on that whole thing. But this thing called the Starfleet Project, which was started by Brian May, and most famously it includes Eddie Van Halen coming in and playing lead guitar on all the songs as well. I mean, Brian May, of course, also a great lead guitar player and a great guitar player. And you got Eddie Van Halen in here and some of their session friends and stuff like that. Most notably for me, Fred Mandel on keyboards, who he's played with some of my all-time faves, like Elton and Alice and stuff like that. So he's on here. And I know that the main theme song, Starfleet, has Roger Taylor doing some singing on it too. But And I listened to it recently. I never heard the whole thing top to bottom. I never owned the record or anything. I don't think it ever got put out on CD. So this being like a really big release of it that's out right now for the anniversary, if you're interested in picking it up, like I said, Brian May went in there, and apparently uh, the whole thing about it being a quote-unquote remix is it's more of a remaster, but he did make a point. He was like, you know, ever since Eddie passed away, he wanted to revisit the project, but he didn't want to also make it look like he was cashing in on Eddie's death, which I totally understand. But he said this time around when he went back in and finally finished the mix that he wanted to do, it's basically just him kind of, you know, turning Eddie a little bit up in the mix and giving a little tribute out to him, and just this little moment in time where they basically got together in the studio for a few days and did some guitar duels and a, a couple of blues jams too. Because like that Starfleet thing, I think even Brian mentioned like that. This definitely could have gone on the Flash Gordon soundtrack that Queen did, but the other two songs are them clearly just improvising and just messing around as an excuse to just hey, you take a solo, you take a solo kind of thing. 
So I'm going to play the middle track of this three-song EP because, you know, Starfleet's all right. I get it. It's fine. But I, I did want to hear the summit that truly was Brian May and Eddie Van Halen in the studio together. And I think you get it without getting into, like, the 15-minute blues jam that's at the end of the album. Something in the middle here. You know, in about seven minutes where they definitely do get to shine on this track as well. So I'm going to play this one here for you to maybe entice you to go listen to the whole thing. But here is... The Starfleet Project with Let Me Out. One, two, three.
Starfleet project right there. Of course, Brian May and Eddie Van Halen just throwing down a major epic kind of one-time only guitar duel right there in that song called Let Me Out, the middle song on that EP. And I, I love that. I love hearing that kind of stuff. I'm glad that that happened. And both Brian and Eddie, their style is so unique and you just know just by their tone and everything and just how they attack the guitar. You've been listening to it your whole lives, like me, I'm sure. And you know who's playing what. Like, it, there's no question who's who when you listen to that. And that's great. So, yeah, I love it. it sends that chill up the old spine. But I hope you enjoyed that. Going to get into this band right here that ever since I started doing these yearly retrospectives on Rock Strikes 10... I've become a big fan of Stiff Little Fingers. What a great, I don't want to say unheralded, but definitely probably a little underappreciated in the grand scheme of things, but just one of the great bands and proof positive that you can be like a hard punk rock act and everything and still write good, memorable songs. And they were really good at writing really good songs and catchy on top of all that without losing any of their edge. Uh, but by 1983, unfortunately, they were breaking up. They would get back together later on at the end of the 80s. But at this point in 83, they were breaking up. And they put out a greatest hits called All the Best, which not a bad place to start. But I definitely recommend all of their initial output. But on this Best Of, they did have a recent single that had come out. And they included it on this release. So for now, let's say goodbye to Stiff Little Fingers with this right here, their swan song in 1983 called Price of Admission. Enjoy.
Ah, uh, yes. It almost feels like uh, like a swan song, a death march, almost signifying. Uh, maybe I'm being over dramatic here, but it almost signifies the death of punk rock, at least the initial run of it in the United Kingdom. And I wasn't there, of course, but that's what it feels like. It's like that morose of a song for me. It's like, okay, it's over and we're breaking up. But also just because of the other song, the next song I have lined up here after this. But yes, that was Stiff Little Fingers with the price of admission from their all the best, best of. And I hope you enjoyed that. And if you can hear my voice, please check out Stiff Little Fingers. It's a great band. So this one right here, I only knew really of like one other song by this band. But I remember going, man, I almost feel like I shouldn't like this because it's so nice and it's so just happy sounding. And I'm not a big fan of what I I still don't think this was a real term at the time, but I'm told that it was a real term at the time. But if there is the birth of Sophistapop going on, it's going on in 1983 in the UK and it would soon make its way over into America. And this was one of those bands that really kicked it off. And I kind of want to hate them for this, for even just being part of the initial movement. But I got to say, they've got a couple of songs that I just can't hate on because they're just so damn good. So I was saying it kind of represents the death of punk rock. And if, if this doesn't do it on principle. So Paul Weller of The Jam starts this new band in 1983 with a guy from Dexy's Midnight Runners. And they're called The Style Council. And one of their first singles is this song right here. And I remember I actually put this EP on. I go, I don't think I'm ever going to hear a better song by them than My Ever-Changing Moods. Because for some reason, I just like that song a lot. But then I heard this song right here and I was like, wow, this is the vibe I was looking for. And I didn't even realize it. So this song is just all the vibes. So you're going to enjoy this song with me right here. I am making you enjoy this song. But yes, check this out. It's something else. Just just turn the, the headphones up just a little bit, but not in the rock and roll kind of way. Just lean back and close your eyes and come along with me in the Style Council. And this one, and I actually am grabbing the 12-inch extended mix of this song right here, just so you can enjoy it just a little bit longer. The song is called Long Hot Summer. Enjoy. But I know when I'm done 
Oh, oh, oh. 
Ah, uh, yes. In a word, I would describe that song as pleasant. That is one of the most pleasant songs I have ever heard to my ears. But there you have it. That was the Style Council with Long Hot Summer. The extended mix from their initial EP called Introducing the Style Council. Very clever name. But yes, Introducing the Style Council gave us that great song right there. So I hope you enjoyed that. And we move over to something a lot heavier and a lot different with uh, another band that is hanging it up in 1983, sadly, but probably out of necessity, Thin Lizzy with another double live album. And the fact that I'm, I have not been getting told about this double live album as much as Live and Dangerous in my life is a massive disservice to people who would enjoy the music of Thin Lizzy because, yes, Live and Dangerous is great. We recognize that. But the Swan Song double live album called Life is an absolute fucking burner, man. It was recorded on the Thunder and Lightning tour. More on that record later. And it came out towards the end of the year in 83. And this thing just sounds excellent. Like I said, I, I can't believe people don't talk about this album. It's not a sin to have two great live albums. It is possible, especially for a band as fucking great as Thin Lizzy. But you got to check this record out. My God, where have you been? Where have I been? Where has everybody been with this record? It's so good. There are some repeats from Live and Dangerous, but there's also a lot of good material that was put out after that. And you hear it on this record. So run, don't walk to discover this record. Or maybe just hear it for the first time in 40 years if that's the case. And shame on those who were aware of its existence and never told the kids about it. But let's get into it right here. It was like, what song do you possibly pick to represent this amazing double live album? But I'm going to go with this one right here. Just hit me in the right place upon the initial listen that I had with him. Like, I'm going to put that one on here. So here is the great, great Thin Lizzy from Life Live with Are You Ready?
Good God, man, if that song, that particular performance of Are You Ready right there, if that doesn't convince you that you need to have this record in your life, then you are definitely listening to the wrong show. Go listen to Maroon 5 or something because you've clearly lost the plot. I, I would never recommend, not even to my, well, maybe to my worst enemies in mass shooters, they should only ever have to listen to Maroon 5 for the rest of their life or Matchbox 20 or any of these other bands with numbers in them. But man, if you want real rock and roll, that's rock and roll right there. Thin Lizzy. With Are You Ready from Life. Like I said, more on Thin Lizzy later when we get to that album's countdown. I'm going to play a two for right here, and they're two completely different types of things. One, I'm going to tell you up front who it is, and then the other one, I'm going to make it a surprise. So I'm going to throw in a Pepsi challenge here at the end of this two for. Did anybody out there get the Pepsi challenge reference, by the way? I know some people do. If you grew up in the 80s or were alive in the 80s, you know the Pepsi challenge. Okay. But yes, we're going to kick things off with something by Pete Townsend. Now, I had heard the legend of the Pete Townsend demos and all of his home and living room demos back before that was cool. And he had his home studio and everything. He'd make these, like, demos that people would kill for to have on their records. But initially, I only really ever heard, like, the songs that were already Who songs that I knew. So, like, bonus tracks on a deluxe edition of, like, Who's Next you hear the demos of those songs and you're kind of still like, Oh, that's cool. But I'd rather hear the originals for sure. Like the final finished songs that we all know and love, but he had recorded so much material and some of it never got put out by the who and never got put out by himself as a solo artist. And there's just so much material. This guy definitely being a near genius, he's just crazy. And he's got all these song ideas and he compiled them in 1983 with this double album called Scoop. And I listened to this for the first time a little while back. And I was like, man, this stuff is good. Like, it's not crappy use once and destroy demos. These are good songs. So it was kind of one of those things that was hard to pick what I was going to play to represent this. Just in case you've never heard this stuff before, you haven't heard Scoop. Maybe Pete LaRusso is the only one that's heard this. I don't know. But out of anybody who might be listening right now but regardless gonna play you this one right here this and along with a couple other songs were definitely my favorites on scoop so here you go here's pete townsend doing it by himself with this song called you're so clever enjoy
Okay, yes. Equally manic and super catchy all at the same time. Fun double shot right there. We kick things off with Pete Townsend from his Scoop compilation of some really cool demos right there. That was You're So Clever. And we finished things off with Tracy Ullman. Yes, mostly known as an actor there, Tracy Ullman. But she did put out a couple of records, this being her debut album in 1983. The album was called You Broke My Heart in 17 Places. And the reason I put it on here on the odds and ends is not for the Golden Throat reason, although, man, I think she's actually a good singer. It's a covers album. It's all covers, mostly old girl group songs, like that one right there, Breakaway. Like I said, great song. That was originally an Irma Thomas song. But the whole album's covers, so I, I could not in good conscience include it uh, as consideration for the best albums of 1983. Nothing against anybody that puts that on their list because it's a fun record. I actually do recommend it. If you like classic girl group stuff and pop stuff, I think you'll really like that. That's my favorite song on there, man. That song, Breakaway, such a cool, fun song right there. If you never heard that, let me know. It's Tracy Ullman. A lot of people know her as the woman that introduced us to The Simpsons. So there you have it. Uh, Another thing of note I should say, since this is a rock podcast, uh, she does a cover of Blondie's. I'm always touched by her presence, dear, on that album as well, so... Another good reason to check it out, of course, it's got her big hit on there, They Don't Know, which was basically her only real hit, at least in America. So there you have it. If it's edgy enough to be on Stiff Records, then it definitely deserves to be here on Rock Strikes 10. That's all I'm going to say about that. I do not apologize for that inclusion either. I don't apologize for any of the pop music I play on this show because it's stuff I actually do legitimately like. And with that, we have one more song to do for the official odds and ends of 1983. And so let's get into it right here. Of course, no stranger to the odds and ends because during his entire life of putting stuff out, there was always going to be some odds and ends in there, whether it was just uh, another live album, instrumentals, what have you. But in this case, in 1983, this man put out a live album, which basically served as a highlight soundtrack for a film that had already been out for quite a few years at that point. So a weird move right here, just to put out uh, what is called Baby Snakes, which was a live album for the movie by Frank Zappa. And to me, this is really my favorite era of Zappa as far as like just the bands that he had put together. Of course, I love the original Mothers and even some of the later versions of the Mothers, but late 70s early 80s those bands are just insane of course steve i winds up being in there he plays on i pretty i think pretty much almost all of this album or a good amount of it and also got adrian Ballou in there terry bozio just some next level guys as he always got and i like baby snakes because i like a lot of the songs on there and baby snakes basically works as a really cool it's a feature but it's a concert film for the most part with some animation stuff thrown in here and there so If you've never seen any live Zappa, you could do a lot worse than picking up a DVD copy of Baby Snakes or maybe even just finding it online if you gotta. Uh, But yes, I am always happy to close off any show with Frank Zappa because I love Zappa. He's one of my all-time faves. Of course, the late, great Frank, an icon, one of the great guitar players and just one of the great composers of my lifetime. But even composers... If they're cool enough, they like to cut loose a little bit. And, of course, Frank had been known to cut loose stylistically, having some humor to him here and there. I know some people that are serious about Zappa don't like the humor, but I love the humor. I love it all. And this is one of the peak examples of humorous Frank Zappa. We're closing off the show today with 
titties and beer. It was the blackest night, there was no moon inside. You know the stars ain't shining cause the sky is too tight. Heard the scary wind, I seen some ugly trees. There was a werewolf honking along the side of me. I mean and I'm bad, you know I ain't no sissy. Got a big titty girl here by the name of Chrissy. Talking about her in my back and me. And this ride up the mountain a mystery, mystery. How you doing? I noticed even the crickets acting weird up here. And so I figured I might just drink a little beer. I said, give me some of that, what you're sucking on. But there was no reply, cause she was gone. Where's those titties I like so well? And my goddamn beer is what I started to yell. Then I heard this noise like a crunch and twig. And up jumped the devil, he jumped out this day. He had a red suit on and a widow's peak. Then a pointed tail and like a sulfury. Yes, it was him, all right. I swear I know it was. He had some human flesh stuck underneath his claws. You know, it looked to me like it was Teddy Skin. I said, you son of a bitch, because I was mad at him. He just got out his claws and started cleaning his fangs. So I shot him with my shooter, said, bang, bang, bang. And then the sucker just laughed and said, put it away. You know, I ain't all up. Now what you going to say? You ate my Chrissy? Yeah, titties and all. <laughs> well, what about the beer then? Now, were the cans this tall? Even her boots? Would I lie to you? Oh, shit, you must have been hungry. Yeah, this is true. Don't they pay you good for the stuff that you do? Well, you know, I can't complain when the checks come through. Well, I want my Chrissy. Oh, yeah. And I want my beer. <laughs> so you just barf it back up. Now, devil, do you hear? Look, blow it out your ass. Motorcycle man, I mean, I am the devil. Do you understand? Just what will you give me for your titties and beer? I suppose you notice this little contract here. You're goddamn right, you son of a whore. That's that. about the only reason I learned writing for. Give me that paper. Bet your horns I'll sign because I need a beer and it's titty squeezing time. Man, you can't fool me. You ain't that bad. Oh, yeah? Why, you should have seen some of the souls that I've had. There was Millhouse Nixon and Agnew, too. And both of those suckers was worse than you. Let's make a deal if you think that's true. I mean, you're supposed to be the devil, so what you gonna do? Now, hold hey. on just a second. You want to make a deal with me, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know, man. You know, I just don't know about this. What? See, losing I... your... Are you losing your nerve? No, man, it ain't got nothing to do with nerve. It's you're got supposed to, do... to be the devil. You're it's supposed got to, to be do bad. with style, fool. I don't oh. know if you're the right style to get into hell, you know? Well, actually, to tell you, tell you the honest to God truth, I'm very short on style, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what me, makes me wonder. But I, have, I, I think I have something that you may be interested in. What is that? You can have my soul. It's a mean little sucker by the thousand years old. But once you get it, you can't give it back. you got to keep it forever, and that's a natural fact. Woo -wee. Do you read me, oh, devil? Oh, yeah. What am I oh, supposed yeah, to Oh, yeah, read me already. Oh, yeah, that's real tough. I bet you're real bad. Listen, fool, you got to prove to me that you're rough enough to get into hell, that you got the style enough to get into hell. 
So start talking. All right, let me tell you something. I prove right. to you that I'm bad enough to go to hell. Yeah. Because I have been through it. Yeah. I have seen it. Yeah. It has happened to me. Yeah. Remember, I was signed with Warner Brothers for eight fucking years. Tell me about it. Now you're talking about it. How bad is that? That sounds good to me, motherfucker. So move right along. Tell me what your interests are, you know? If we're going to come to some kind of agreement, I got to know what you're all about, you know? Because I don't know if you're the right cat for the, for the place, you know? Look, let me tell you what my problem really is. You see? Okay. My problem is that I don't belong anywhere. Uh-huh. See, I don't even belong where you are, you see? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I, I'm a simple person, you know? I have very small desires in life. Titties and beer, you know? No. What? Titties and beer. No, no, man, you're joking. Titties and beer. Titties and beer. What? Titties and beer. No. Titties and beer. Titties and beer. No, titties please. And beer. No, not that. Titties and beer. Titties and beer. Oh no, man. Titties and beer. 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 Wait, wait, please, no. Hey, look at this. No, don't sign it. Give me time to think. Hold on a second, boy, because that's magic in. Then the devil barfed and I'll jump my girl. They heard the titties pop, popping all around the world. She said, Gave us the finger, it was rigid and stiff. That's when the devil she parted, and she went right over the cliff. The devil was mad, I took off to my bed. I swear I do declare, I'll get you get back there. Swear I do declare, I'll get you get back there. Swear I do declare, I'll get you get back there. Closing off volume four of the odds and ends of 1983, and closing off the odds and ends completely for 1983 for the most part that was frank zappa with titties and beer off of the album baby snakes which is a soundtrack to the movie of the same name hope you enjoyed that and in case you were curious the voice of the devil in that song as it was every night was performed by the great terry bozio later of missing persons although at this time in this timeline Terry Bozio is already in Missing Persons. And I believe possibly even Warren Cucurullo for Missing Persons plays on some of that too. But anyway, there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this. So I'm going to explain before we get out of here what's going to go on in the next episode. We're not just going right into the albums list that I've been teasing for so long here for 1983. I'm going to lay it all out here right now. So this next episode is going to be kind of a split episode. We're staying, of course, with this big old super spectacular 1983 retrospective. But what I'm going to do, because of the way the countdown kind of landed for me, I figured, well, there's so many strong albums here in 1983. But as I think the odds and ends proved here, a lot of strong singles as well. I really hated to let some of these albums go, even though I knew in my heart these weren't great albums the ones that didn't make the cut, there were some songs on some of those and maybe some notable kind of historical things. I didn't want to leave them off the 1983 retrospective. So what we're going to do is on the next episode, I'm going to play you seven songs from seven albums that didn't make the cut for my album's countdown this year. 
And then, towards the end of it, the last three songs are going to serve as a way to kick off the countdown, which is going to be the top 83 albums from 1983. So I hope you enjoy all that. So at least now I'll explain it again, of course, at the top of the next episode. But just want to let you friends of the show know, the ones that are still listening to me, even though I played the last song of the night, basically. Let you know what's going on here and what to expect. So, sorry, Chris Riley, I just gave you 83 more albums to listen to. I apologize, but at the same time, I don't apologize, because how fun is this, right? Okay, that's going to do it for this particular show. Before we get out of here and get into the next episode, stay tuned. My better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.